You're listening to Career Up Now's Socially Distanced Close-Up Podcast. I'm your host, Bradley Caro Cook. Today, we're joined by Esther Hess, who is the founder and executive director at the Center for the Developing Mind. Initially, she started working with mental health patients, but found her passion and transferred it into a center that incorporates all the different medical facilities that a child could need. Dr. Hess, welcome. Would you describe yourself as like an entrepreneur medical professional or just like a health professional or how would you describe yourself? It's really interesting that you're saying that. I do a lot of work with interns and I actually spent a long time with two of my newest interns explaining that in graduate school, no one ever talks to the budding psychologist and says, let's talk about the business side of psychology, which is a shame. So I think it's really, really important. So I do consider myself uh, entrepreneurial in the sense that I'm a female-owned business and I run a multidisciplinary treatment facility. It was a dream of both myself and my partner, my husband, Alan Sampson. And uh, we started from the ground up and we, we started with mental health and we expanded it to an organization that includes uh, state-of-the-art occupational and physical therapy, feeding specialty, education, speech and language, basically anything a child and their family is going to need at the one-stop wellness. And so we continue to build and grow. And so absolutely, I think it's an entrepreneurial enterprise with the emphasis on helping the child heal. From psychological to becoming so entrepreneurial in your space, can you share that story with me? I've been a psychologist now for going on probably close to 40 years. I started off as a mental health practitioner and we started in, basically I had an office in the basement of my home. I had grown up on the East Coast and having offices in your homes was pretty common. My parents were both psychotherapists and that was something I grew up with and very comfortable. But my patients, my specialty is children with developmental delays, specifically autism, children with uh, regulatory disorders like ADHD, selective mutism. And these kinds of kiddos need a variety of different services. So what would end up happening is I would go ahead and my patients would say, come on, Dr. Hess, can't you create a center where we'd have all the specialties that we need for our kids instead of having to schlep from here to there to there to there? And so we put, Alan and I sat together and we took about two years, in, which was about now 10 years ago, to find the right site, to get the funding together. And we made it happen. We were listening to our families and it just grew and realized there really isn't uh, very many centers like ourselves, which really uh, incorporate all the different areas of need that kids with uh, problems uh, need to have in their, in, you know, to be able to thrive and survive and thrive. And so we did that. And then it was important to continue to build our business. So we started to, um, take our business on the road, so to speak. I became uh, both a national and international speaker, a, um, a writer, um, and I have several chapters and several, several texts uh, on how to do play therapy with kids ranging from infancy all the way through adolescents who have special needs issues and just continue to build my practice. What are the resources uh, that you've relied upon in building your practice on the business side? I always talk to other business people. Uh, I had no problem reaching out to individuals who had either similar models and would um, you know, be kind enough to share. 
I read a lot. Um, I would take different webinars. I would reach out to business people in general and say, okay, this is my idea. I'm coming from a, you know, a, a psychological perspective to help families, but I really want to know how do you hold a, you know, how do you run a business successfully, you know, withholding, you know, anywhere from four to six different disciplines and numerous staff and employees and, and volunteers and uh, numbers of children and how do you make it happen? And then I consulted again, for example, during the pandemic, you know, how do we go ahead and shut this all down and make it successful in telehealth? And how do we then also bring the business back up, uh, you know, as the governor allowed us to come in through, I think it was probably phase two into phase three as we started to formally open up our facility again. So I, I have no problem asking people for help, basically. That's, that's the, uh, I guess that's a short answer. That's really interesting and like also very humble of you. Can you name a learning moment, whether that was um, a failure or uh, an opportunity to grow that you've had in your past? I think I've always continued to learn on a daily basis from my families. Um, I listen. Not only do I ask for help, I listen. I listen to the people who are advising me, but I listen to my families who are, they might be unhappy with one element of my center and I don't get defensive. I go, okay, let me see if I can actually, if it's legitimate concern and if I can fix it. So I guess I'm continuously sort of taking my, my product and improving it, whether it is, you know, a parent will have a problem. You know, I haven't, you know, there was something going on with a clinician. I'll sit in on that session and, and, and watch the clinicians working and kind of, you know, say, okay, you know, I agree or, I really don't agree, mom. I think things are going okay and, and, and try to figure it out that way. But the, the, what I want families to come away with is I'm really hearing them. So I think we all, we all should learn from mistakes and not take them as personal. I mean, I think we should learn to say, take it as critiques that will ultimately help us move forward. So that's what I've been doing. I also learned to, to take advice certainly from my own parents. As I said, most, what, both my parents were psychotherapists and I turned to them early on in my career just to say, you know, what do you think and, and getting guidance and, you know, absolutely I should do something or absolutely don't do something. Um, and my parents and I have had a really, I mean, my dad's passed now since, but really straightforward relationship. So again, maybe that's where I learned not to be afraid of taking guidance. I love that. And, and what role has mentorship played in your life? Oh, it's huge. It's huge. I mean, I, I think that I'm very blessed. I could, I could probably have five mentors um, from every aspect of my career development uh, in my life. And consequently, I strive now to be a mentor uh, to, to uh, students who want to learn with me. Um, I had uh, you know, several clinicians who taught me how to be a better therapist. I've had um, other, particularly women um, who are business owners who don't necessarily have clinical businesses. They, they're just business owners who shared with me, um, you know, different pitfalls as well as areas of success that I need to lean in on. Um, I've tried to duplicate that piece by making myself available as a teacher. I have a very, very wonderful, strong national, international internship program where students come from around the world to uh, learn underneath my guidance and those of my other clinicians um, in, in our different divisions of our center. And I, I believe in it. I think you, you, 
I mean, that's how we thrive. We're a community. Uh, what's one value that you hold dear? Honesty. I don't have a problem with people being straightforward, even if it's sometimes a little bit painful. But if somebody's honest and straightforward and is willing to sort of come into the room with me, I can handle that and we can deal with it and work it through. If someone is going to negate, you know, perhaps a product that I'm promoting, but doesn't want to come into the, into the arena, then I have a hard time with that because I don't feel it's a upfront way to deal you know, with business. So if somebody is honest and straightforward, I respect it and I will meet that person you know, straight on. So I have, a, I have a gestalt theory question for you. Please. If you were a part of a bicycle, what part of a bicycle would you be and why? I'd be the handlebars. For sure, without any hesitation. It's so funny you said this because um, I'm blessed besides having you know, four beautiful kids, we have 11 grandkids. And I'm equally blessed that I have had recently an opportunity to teach one of my grandkids how to ride a bike, right? And the key to riding any bike, I found when I was learning how to ride a bike, is you got to control the handlebars because the handlebars actually are in control then the bike is going to go and you're going to and you're going to be successful so i try to be the part that steadies the team i love that i love that and you know with all of the work that you're doing and the difference that you're making in so many individuals lives um i want to wish you tremendous success in all your worthy endeavors thank you thank you brad it's always a pleasure to connect with you